Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I don't get it podcast. Okay. Welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast, my friends. I, uh, I've probably haven't been this excited for an episode or a guest on one of our episodes in a very long time. Uh, we are joined, obviously, Ashley, Lauren and I are joined today by Allison Armstrong. And she is so many things. But if I could say one thing to put this conversation in context for our listeners, she is the understanding men expert to me. <laughs> Can't ask for anything more in life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which is so perfect for us. So Allison, I'll, hello. How are you? I'm I'm well. I'm a little um hay feverish. Oh no. Oh, no. Same same. Which I thought was just a term hay fever, you know, living <laughs> in Los Angeles. But I was just out moving hay for my donkey. And- <laughs> 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 if I sneeze, I came by it honestly. Oh um. <laughs> wow, that's like really cool. I feel like no one like in the LA area ever experiences allergies. Allergies, yeah. There's nothing going on with allergies, yeah. But in the, everywhere, everywhere else, wait, what do you mean? Oh yeah, I for right like- now, I feel like I thought I had a cold, but now I'm thinking maybe it is allergies because it's been like three weeks. It's allergies. No, you guys don't have allergies in LA. No, actually, everyone in LA has really? allergies right now. Yeah, there's stuff blooming in California from all the rains. That it's driving people crazy. That have allergies. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Okay, so um, Allison <laughs> is joining us. Just gaslighting LA allergies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back to men. So Allison's exploration of human behavior began in 1991, and we're just we're all 90s babies here. Um, and that's when uh, she decided. Uh, excuse me. You're an 80. I'm 89. I'm 88. You're 88. Okay, my son was born in 88. It is a good year to be born. Lots of cool people are born 88, I feel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I also love like the double 88. Yeah, I guess it just means we all like grew up in the 90s. Um, <laughs> but that's when Allison decided to study men. Uh, she wanted to find out how she was bringing out the worst in them and hopefully how to bring out the best. And her success in understanding men naturally led her to study women's behavior and then make the connections between the two. And then her work, her work evolved over decades. And now she works on illuminating human characteristics that proceed and express themselves regardless of gender, age, and upbringing. So she's an author. She has seminars, online programs, media. She's like literally been giving (laughs) millions of people access to like living more fulfilling lives for decades. And she's a sought after speaker and thought leader amongst people with a desire to basically live empowered lives. So um, the reason why I wanted to have Allison Armstrong on is because my mentor, Rachel Dunville, um, made me read your book, the Queen's Code. 
And The Queen's Code was such a paradigm shifting book for me because I didn't realize, and anyone who's listened to me on this podcast for whatever five years we've been doing it has probably seen how I've evolved and how my energy towards men recently has kind of changed because I was always like, men suck. They're never good enough. They don't do this for me. Why don't men do this? And like a lot of our podcast episodes, especially in the early Mm -hmm. years, were literally us sex in the city sort of style complaining about the other, the other species. And so Rachel was like, she, she was like, read the queen's code. And I was like, oh my God, when I started reading your book, I got the audio and it's narrated by Allison. So I highly recommend everyone read it. I realized that I, my energy towards men was very negative. Mm -hmm. And now that I believe in like, you are what you attract, I was like, no wonder I'm having these experiences with men and then come to find out that most women, or I don't know if I can say most women, but come to find out that you found, Allison, that women expect men to be the perfect woman. And so I wanted you to kind of talk about that concept. Well, okay. Try not to do it historically. Um, But everything that I learned about men, when I set out to find out how I was bringing out the worst in them, I I would discover something and then go whoa, how how come we didn't see that? How come we didn't already know that? How come, why don't women know that? And and then that's when after, it took like four years for me to distinguish that men would do what they do and we would compare that to what a woman would do. And not just any woman, but really an idealized woman, a perfect woman, like what mm-hmm. we all should do. Right. Even the things we should ourselves with, we should them with. Mm -hmm. And, and that the assumption was they know the right thing to do, which is the right thing that we know (laughs) that we should be doing and everybody should be doing. And we think they know the right thing, that it's obvious they know it and they're purposefully doing something else. And why, why are they not doing what they should be doing? And and as you know, from the Queen's Code, pretty much we conclude it, if they loved me more, they would do the right thing. Mm-hmm. If they cared about me more, they'd do the right thing. If they respected me more, they'd do the right thing. Any combination or all three of them. And so there's, so, you know, they don't love or care, or respect me enough to do the right thing. Jerks. Well, but why don't they love and respect and care about me enough to do the right thing? And there's always an answer. I'm mm-hmm. to this or not enough that, and which is also comparing ourselves to a perfect woman. So we really so think if I were more perfect, men would behave more perfectly. And then we exhaust ourselves trying to be more perfect and they still don't do what a woman would do, but we don't know that that's what we're judging them by. So then we're just like, it doesn't matter. It's not about me. They're just jerks. <laughs> They're just they're broken. They're dysfunctional. When I started studying men, I honestly, I thought they, I questioned if they had souls. They seriously Ooh, questioned wow, their souls. Wow. I knew they were lesser humans. I know I, I heard that. And I was like, evolved. Oh yeah. I really thought all this. And I, yeah. and Allison, I think a lot of women real quickly do think that. And I think you should ask yourself, do I think that I'm smarter or better than men? Especially when dating and single. 
Yeah. And what's really cute is how many of them think we're smarter and better than them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, and they want to, I mean, men really want to pair with the strongest, most competent woman that they think they can attract and keep. They, they got to think they can keep her too, mm-hmm. not just attract her. Can I keep her? Can I afford her? Can I give her what she needs? Can I make her happy? And unfortunately, when we're, we have gone down the hole of thinking this just isn't going to work because they're jerks and I can't be perfect enough. So to hell with it, the attitude towards them puts them on the defense. The attitude that we have towards men mm-hmm. and culture has gone bananas with this, their focus, and that's the thing we have to understand, they're single focused. So whatever we cause them to be focused on, we got to take really seriously. And so much of what we say and how we be with them, they experience as an attack. Mm -hmm. So their focus is on protecting themselves from us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of this culture now is like men ain't shit, you know, sort of thing. And I've like never really subscribed to that narrative because I'm just like, Mm -hmm. you're just like throwing stones, but like you're not looking at like what you're doing in particularly. So I feel like that's what your book really hits on is like they're not just shit because of no reason. Yeah. And I as a mom of a, you know, young boy, I hate that he's going to have to grow up in this world where we're just like. Oh, fuck men. We don't need right, men. Fuck men. Like, I've never, whenever people say that, I'm just like, I'm not like into this really. Cause like I have a lot of good men around me. Yeah. And it's like my so husband's wonderful. Directly. Our dad is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. He- Yeah. And I think all three of us subscribe to that notion, especially me after reading the Queen's Code. And now I get Mm -hmm. uncomfortable when people, especially I'm not on TikTok that much, but I know a lot. There's a lot of people on TikTok being like, this is how you trap them in, or this is how you get them to do what you do. And it it feels very manipulative and icky in my stomach because I'm like, no, men are incredible and they actually Mm want to be our heroes and they are everywhere and great men are available. And if you don't believe that, then that's not going to be your experience i don't think that's very true but yeah i wrote an article once called believing a scene and yeah the things that we think don't exist could stand right in front of us and we wouldn't see it and as long as we think men are that way it it, i think it helps when we look at the other side like as a woman when are we at our worst when we're afraid when we're afraid and we feel like we have to protect ourselves from someone and whether we have a fight flight or freeze response. So like we shut down entirely or we come out with claws being afraid brings out the worst in ourselves. When we feel like we have to protect ourselves from somebody and the same thing happens to men and it's hard to realize it would happen to them that like that we could have a man feel like he's being attacked Mm-hmm. by us little old me they're the ones that yeah. are bigger and stronger they're the ones that can lift you up and throw you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah not us so they're way more sensitive than they're portrayed oh my gosh this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and i could not be happier to have a sponsor like this on today's podcast um because a lot of what we're talking to allison about in this episode 
is a lot of the reason why I go to therapy. Um, and if you're single like me, you may relate. Sometimes a lot of your trauma can be triggered by being in relationships or dating. And so for that reason, I love better help because I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you or the advice that other people are giving you. And sometimes you just never have a moment to think about what you need for yourself. And so for that reason, I feel like therapy can not only help you out in relationships, but it can also give you the tools to find more balance in your life. Um, I was talking to someone the other day and they were just saying that you're on like a wait list for like a therapist, um, like an in-person therapist for two to three months. And it's like, Hey, I don't have that much time to wait. And that's why I'm like, why won't you try better help? I mean, you should try better help. I like recommended it. I was like, you don't have to wait two to three months. You can get paired with a therapist in like under 24 hours. And they have so many different therapists and you can change them if you'd like. Very flexible with the timing because everyone knows something will come up during your scheduled appointment. So it makes it very easy to um, reschedule an appointment and make appointments for like later on in the evening when you're done with work and you actually have time to like sit and breathe and debrief your day. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash get it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash get it. Allison, I want you to go into something that you mentioned. <laughs> um, Ashley, I think Ashley would find this fascinating. So you mentioned that they have single mind focus. I just call it single focused or a single focus or a committed state of mind, committed state of mind. Explain mm -hmm. what that is using examples on how a man's mind is different than our minds. Hmm. Okay. So big culprits, estrogen and testosterone. And, um, at the time that the the genes click in, 21 days of gestation, before that we're all female. And then at 21 days, if they're if they have the male chromosomes, that's when it kicks in. And um and boys, like your son, Ashley, he was born with as much testosterone in his body as a full grown man, which is why you might have been shocked to see his male parts. <laughs> 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 oh my. <laughs> and, and women were little girls are born with as much estrogen in them as a full grown woman. They have the most eggs, the most ovum that they're ever going to have in their mm -hmm. life. And that's what gives up the estrogen and half of their testosterone. So little girls are these you know, walking estrogen bombs, which is why they're so enchanting. <laughs> like, like, like they, they seem like these magical beings, radiant beings. And, and men, you know, boys have all that testosterone in their, in their bloodstream. And what's been happening in the womb is the brain as it's developing is being configured by those hormones. And, and estrogen causes what I call diffuse awareness. So not only things, not only is everything connected to everything, like our verbal centers are connected to all the other parts, but it also affects our vision. For example, we call it scan vision. It affects our um, sense of like we can, we can feel disapproval just in a slight indication of body language, a glance, a tone. Mm -hmm. um, estrogen makes us really sensitive to all these things. And 
testosterone. Can I say one thing that's so superficial? Yeah. <laughs> but I heard it once and it stuck with me. Like if we have a pimple or our like makeup looks too like cakey or something, women notice it about others, but men just kind of see like your face and it doesn't look like They're there's any up. flaw. Like it's they they like almost kind of see faces with like a filter over them. Oh. Like how many times does it happen where like we're where's with like somebody and I'm like, she looked different today or like like her makeup looked bad and like my husband will have no idea that looked but any all different. men are seeing and noticing is this overwhelming estrogen that's <laughs> radiating no, not just from that, us but like you said it's the way that they see is different like actually yeah, physically they, see they literally oh. see differently and mm. they're and it's it's in our favor in this case for sure Hell yeah. yeah they are nurtured <laughs> they're fed by beauty beauty uplifts them beauty gives them energy and so when they're watching us, they're focused on our beauty. And that focus is so powerful, it screens out what is deemed irrelevant. So they're focused on your sparkling eyes. The spinach in your teeth is irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, they would prefer that we didn't wear foundation, period, because it uh-huh. actually makes it so that the natural radiance of our skin can't be seen. Whoa. Which is why and a lot of guys will be like, I like I her like with, makeup. without yeah. makeup. They like, us, they like us better without makeup. And they... Um, they mm. We think if we're perfect, right? If we're perfect, we'll survive. So, oh God, a pimple. I'm not perfect. He's like, a a pimple's irrelevant. Look at your smile. (laughs) And it's, it's awesome. I mean, even like in the context of sex, we're worried like, oh, his former girlfriend, hers were so much bigger. Mm -hmm. Is he thinking they're too small right now? No, they're not having comparative sex. They're ha- like, no. tits, yay! <laughs> I know, I have so many friends that are like, everyone. I know, yeah. like, they don't care about like your pooch. That you get, They get to play with titties. They're fine, you know? Yeah, they, like, don't they don't care about cellulite whatsoever. Curves, they like, probably don't yeah. even know what it is. Yeah. Curves, softness. My husband used to say that I had the best butt in mm. the universe. Aww. <laughs> And, and I said, even with the dimples and he, he said, what dimples? Yeah. What dimples? Wow. Yeah. Just screen out. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's wonderful it when you understand it and it's a cause of a lot of the problems because that focused state of mind, mm-hmm. I'm going to say a word we don't usually associate with men. It's a state of peace. When they have a result that they that is good enough to be committed to, then they enter a state of peace. And that peace is disrupted by not having what they need mm. for it to work. That's why you get these eruptions, like if their computer doesn't work and they can't get done what they're focused on. Or mm. if they're interrupted by somebody else and they're they're getting this thing done and they're in this other world and it's wonderful, like, huh? What? Right. Uh, And we'll interrupt them in order to get the connection we need to feel safe, but it causes a bigger disconnect because they're so they're on the one track mind. And once something interrupts that like one track mind, they get irritable. The perfect example. It's so much bigger than track. Just if you, if you would, I, if you just think of single focus or think of a hunting state, they're hunting, they picked out what they're going to catch or another way to say it is a committed state of mind. 
but one track makes them seem simple. Right. Right. You, you got, you got a, you got a winning coach on the side of the field. All he's focused on is winning, mm-hmm. but he is literally tracking offense, defense, strategy, injuries, plays, time on the clock. He's got so many things he can track right. <laughs> inside of the focus, win the game. Somebody yeah. shows up and wants to talk to him about, you know, would you do me a favor? He's going to look at them like they're insane, right? Like, yeah. like get away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a perfect example in the book of, and I've noticed myself doing this on dates, but I, so this is a two-parter. I would love for you to give the example of the difference between a woman and a man's way of thinking um, when you use the sock on the floor. <laughs> example in the queen's code just so just to paint the picture of like how a woman would handle something and how a man sort of just like you said focused can you explain that sock example and then i have one more question after that oh my gosh well many um, more but yeah and it extends to everything like you're talking about a date we may be completely disrupted by the energy of the people around us chaos noise you know, something that's ugly or we're too close to the kitchen or whatever. And once they get there and they're arranged and everything's taken care of, okay. Then the rest is gone. It's just gone. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the sock on the floor with diffuse awareness, with this um, pull always towards perfection, um, something that's out of place, something crooked, ugly, dirty, it, we feel it like an accusation. Like the perfect woman would never let that happen or she would have Mm -hmm. already taken care of it. And the sock on the floor is just like, it obviously doesn't belong there. And if you think about it, it helped, it helped me anyway to think about it. Okay. If we've got hunters and gatherers and women can be in hunting mode or gathering mode, but we just don't have as much testosterone for the hunting mode. So it's it can be a struggle, even though it's thrilling. But if you imagine as a gatherer, you've gone into the meadow, right? And you know this meadow by heart, you know the seasons, you know what's gonna come up, you know, come out and ripen when you have your look on it, the survival of your family depends upon you being able to bring everything medicinal, nutritional, useful out of this meadow. And there's something out of place in the meadow. Like, how did that get that way? Is there a bear here? Is there, <laughs> is there a marmot? Is there a, you know, what, how did that get here? So things that are out of place, they, they like, there's a survival reaction and it's, and it can, it creates a kind of tension. It creates an annoyance and that a man might have left it there and have walked over it again and again. We're furious. Right. And, (laughs) but we don't know that he's getting to work or he's getting to, he's going to go play with his kids or he's like, we're taking care of the little boy. Well, actually his son, well, actually he's doing your thing. Whatever they're focused on, they're, they're not, they're not ignoring everything else. That would be active to ignore something, ignore, Mm -hmm. ignore it. No, it's screened out. It's like the, like what people do on their zoom, 
right? Yeah. When they put on the blur the back. When they blur the zoom. Yeah. yeah. It, so it lowers the volume of the sounds. They get fuzzy, indistinct, womp, 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 womp. For everyone listening, Father's Day is around the corner. And we all know that most dads have enough ties. They got tools. They got baggy t-shirts. I feel like fitted shirts. <laughs> this is the year that we get our dad or your father figure or your mentor or honestly any loved one in your life looking to feel good, a fitted shirt. And we want to tell you guys about True Classic. True Classic is, I, I love their name because I feel like it is just so perfect. It, it's just like the true and the classic things that every guy needs in their closet. Um, and so if you are married and you want to get something for dad, we highly, highly recommend True Classic. These are things that they'll actually wear. They'll stress less throughout the year. Um, and we can get, we can offer you guys 25% off at trueclassic.com. All you have to do is use the code, get it at checkout, but these shirts come in such neutral, beautiful colors. Mm -hmm. I actually gifted some to my tennis instructor for his birthday (laughs) and he loved it. And the chinos were so, um, they were just so classic. I don't, there's no other word to describe it. They're soft, they're comfortable. And it just, you just look sort of effortless leaving the house. And I just feel like sometimes a lot of men struggle with like what to wear when it comes to like revamping their closet or filling it, you know, there's not going to go wrong. True classic. That's 25% off with the code. Get it plus free shipping included on purchases over a hundred dollars. And I'm pretty sure you're gonna spend a hundred dollars because everything is so great. Hunter and I got in a fight the other day because he was like, you don't buy me anything. You don't get me anything because his love language is gifts. And oh, guess God. what arrived that day? His true classic <laughs> clothes. And he tried on them and he was like, wow, okay, all right. Because I got him a medium yeah. and he's usually buys largest. I'm like, bitch, you a medium. And so now he's like all <laughs> fitted and it looks really good. Wait, I love that. And I also just want to mention when I got the shirts for my tennis instructor, they're so soft. And for some reason, like, is it just me? But soft shirts are so expensive. Like you can walk into a store yeah. and like getting a soft tee, they're over a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And these are so affordable. And not only that, there's a hundred percent risk-free guarantee and easy returns. If you don't feel like the shirt is fitting right. And it's made with premium quality. And also the joggers or the joggers are moisture wicking and quick dry to keep every man in your life comfortable your so that he can keep boys dry. <laughs> exactly. So true classic is hooking our listeners up with an exclusive deal to help you get ahead on gifting. Like we said before, father's day is coming up. So for a limited time, only get 25% off with the code, get it at trueclassic.com. That's 25% off with code, get it plus free shipping included on purchases over a hundred dollars. I'd say three quarters of the criticism leveled at men. They don't even hear it. That's their first action. Okay. <laughs> they don't so even is that their focus. <laughs> Go ahead. Is that why you think that when they're watching TV, it's like so weird? If I'm watching TV and then my husband says something to me, like my attention That's, goes to uh, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I can't ignore somebody talking directly to me, but mm-hmm. like my husband can literally watch TV and like not hear my voice. Yes. <laughs> it's very yeah. strange. Yeah. Yeah. As I got older, what's natural is, you know, the eggs, the ovum technically disappear. So our estrogen levels go down and, and then, so we're more testosterone based. And I was trying to get through a bunch of emails one night and I'm in front of my computer and I'm like this. And I, it seemed like a helicopter landed in my office, like 
what is that? What it just was like, sounded like whap, 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 like what, what? And I turn and my husband was standing there leaning over and he was talking. Oh. And I, and I, I said, I, I can see that you're talking, but I can't hear you. And he really? goes, and he goes, single focus, single focus. <laughs> That's interesting. Like, what's that so, annoying sound over there? And it's what just, is? you're becoming more, um, are you more masculine or more, um, as, as you get older, cause you're losing like your estrogen. In is that what's chemicals. happening? Yeah. The, yeah. the brain yeah. literally rewires. So, um, you know, keys to the kingdom, the prequel to the queen's code, or it's called the amazing development of men. Um, there's a first and second edition talks about the stages of development. So, so as men get older and their testosterone levels fall off just from mm. aging, they also can fall off from a lack of rest, for example. So their brains are rewiring. And one of the significant things that happens is now the verbal centers of the brain are connecting to other parts of the brain. So they're getting more like a woman. But what comes out of them is their wisdom. Now they're this lifetime of knowledge that they've collected mm-hmm. and experienced. Now it's hooked up to their mouth. Now they can articulate it. Yeah. And they yeah. kind of, they can overwhelm people with advice and yeah. teach, teaching, teaching. And so our brains are getting more focused. We're <laughs> going to be more at a loss of words than we've ever been. Um, while they're gaining more words in it, we do a little switch. Yeah, it's like we become men. They so become I feel like us. maybe when the, when you're both like 45, you guys should have the best conversations <laughs> ever and understand each other the best. Like you're just I, missing each other. It's so funny you say that, Lauren, because I think the what the biggest takeaway I took when I learned about single focus, because I was like, yes, when I see a sock on the floor, it feels like it's yelling at me. Like it's like, pick me up, pick me up. And then like when I'm around guys and they're just walking over it or like, you know, my dad, I'm like, how could you? And it's because they're just concentrating on one thing. And then I thought, you know, when you double text a guy and it's like, he only answers one of your questions. And then I remembered on dates, Allison, I was that girl who would say, um, Hey, should we go here? And then, and then a man's brain will start thinking about like where, you know, he wants to problem solve. But then I was like, or maybe we should get like this kind of food, this cuisine. Or do you think that you could drive or whatever? And then all of a sudden he's stopping that problem to go to your second problem, to go to the third question you just asked. And then his brain shuts down, right? Or not shuts down, but it just gets, it's so much. And so once you understand that that's how their brain works, it gets really it's a lot easier to communicate. Yeah. Well, it gets, it gets better. Everything gets better once you tune into it. But honestly, I'm still not done paying attention to single focus. And with that, <laughs> and with that change, like, yeah. so, um, my boyfriend, we were, that's, you know, the hay fever. I was out moving fences and hay. <laughs> So my donkey won't get out well in Canada. And he, so he's very playful. So when a man is at play, that's an uncommitted state of being. So they have a committed state of mind and they can also have an open state of mind, but it's when there are no results at stake, they're playing. And that's when they're more connective. 
that's when you can. Well, could you, we just play at this? Could we brainstorm places we could go eat? And then after we've played with it a while, then we can focus on how to get to the one we most want to get to. Oh, okay. Or it's like, if I, when I say to a man, can I tell you a story? He, he goes, sure. And his shoulders lower. He sits back because in being told a story, he has no job to do, but enjoy the story. Oh, okay. He so has no results to produce. Yeah. Can I tell you a story? Or, or we call it emptying the trash. I need to empty the trash. <laughs> Please just listen so I can vomit this out. You don't have to remember any of it. You don't have to understand any of it. If there's a problem to solve, I'll tell you it at the end. <laughs> yes. Cause I feel or like you- a lot of women want to unload their day. And then a man's like, well, you could have just done this and this would have solved your problem. You could have said this to her and all this. It's like, I don't want a solution. I know the solution. I just want to tell you how annoyed I am and all these stories. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's something that we work on this in, in the course called Lex, which is one of our online programs. And it's the one I recommend people do first now, even though, even though it's one of the last things I added. Um, mm. And we, we work on waking up our brains to the question we're listening with because the question we're listening with is what's going to cause a, our response, which could include interrupting. So if a woman seems upset, men naturally listen to with the question, what's, what's the problem? What's the problem? What's the problem? So he's sorting all this information for what's the problem. And then he's responding bonding with, okay, so I know how to solve your problem mm-hmm. and, and thinks we should be happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I teach men to listen with the question, different questions, like what's true for her? What's true mm. for her? What's true for her? That has us feel seen, mm. right? Even if they never say anything, they're just listening. Well, oh, 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 that's mm. your world. That's your reality. That's your day. Mm. And or you can set him up. Once I, I told my husband, okay, I'm going to tell you this bad thing that happened to me and there's nothing to do about it now. But at the end of it, I want you to say, poor baby. And, <laughs> and, he, and he, said, he said, okay. And then I told him about this horrible thing that happened, completely forgot what I had asked of him. At the end of it, he said, poor baby. And I was like, oh my God, I was the you told me to (laughs) that's amazing our next partner we have to talk about is athletic greens i take ag1 by athletic greens pretty much every day today i forgot and this is a great reminder that i have to do it i feel like i think you guys i am a i'm a rundown i'm a rundown lady and i've gotten a lot of flight hours over the past couple weeks and i need those nutrients (laughs) i need the immune support this freaking cold that i've had feels like it won't ever go away and that remind you know I'm thinking like that's probably because you didn't take your AG greens on these trips. Mm. You, I probably should have been chugging them. Uh, they actually come. That's for so true. I forgot. They come in these little packs that you can travel with. It looks like a little, you know, like a sugar pack. Mm, so those, it's that makes it that. so convenient. Yeah. yeah especially so if convenient. you're like when you're getting on the plane or you're at the airport. Yeah. It's like really easy to just take out and do right before you head on your trip and you're like around a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So you're supposed to take your AG Green. Your, so you're supposed to take your AG1 by Athletic Greens in the morning. 
ideally you know like you could take it any time of day it's still gonna be like really full of perfect perfect nutrition for you however they say you know it's maybe absorb the best when you drink it like before anything in the morning people like it when you know they're about to go for a workout or right before they have their coffee and it will make you feel like you're just like ready to go ready to take on your day let me talk about the the um, amount of amazing ingredients that they have. Okay, so their whole food source ingredients, the highest quality, so it gives you the as good of benefits as you could possibly have for gut and mood support. It gives you boosted energy and healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. Seventy five vitamins and minerals isn't that wild incredible no, it's so crazy how they're able to pack all that yeah in. it's all in one formula one and it tastes good shot. yeah if you're looking for an easier way to take your supplements athletic greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase so go to athleticgreens.com slash get it that's athleticgreens.com slash get it to check it out i think one of the biggest things we miss about men and I was cracking up when you were talking about your reality of the culture ta- changing mm-hmm. versus my reality. Oh, <laughs> interesting. What what was your reality? What is your reality? Well, what you spoke about happened in the early seventies. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. Uh-huh. I was. That's true. I was ten, eleven years old had played with Barbie dolls since I was a little girl, enacted weddings over and over again. And then my mom came home from seeing, I think it was guys and dolls, dancing around the kitchen. Everything you can do, I can do better. And she shifted. She shifted into... You guys are stupid. Men are stupid. I'm smarter. I I can do everything better than them. But she still had the instinctual, you've got to have a man. You've mm. got to have a man. And so she, I was imprinted with, you've got to have a man, but never need him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and a lot of us sure are imprinted. He knows you don't need him. Prove it yeah. to him all the time you don't need him. But mm-hmm. you got to have get one and keep one. But nobody says, okay, so there's this part of the species and they don't use as many words as we do, but they they live to serve. They want to serve. They look for a purpose. They look for a mission. They look for a need that they can meet, a problem they can solve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have any way for them to serve you, then they're like, she doesn't need me. I'll go. There's find no them. space yeah. for them. They mm-hmm. want to be. They want to be our heroes. And I wanted to ask you about the hero language because <laughs> there's certain words that we can use as women that. Yeah men, how how would you phrase this, Allison? Because I know that the hero language is very sacred. And so I, and I know that you kind of have to really read the book to fully understand it. Is that something that you normally share on a podcast or do you want people to read the book to know what it is? Or can you share some of these words that we can use to, to communicate with men that really resonate with them? Well, you know, the story in the queen's code and that happened, that happened in real life. Um, we're, we think of men as being unevolved, but we are equally primitive and we are 
trying to get people to do stuff and and manipulation lying and manipulation are classic human ways to get people to do stuff and when i first learned the hero language i used it to get men to do stuff but it was entirely manipulative i became better at manipulating them before my attitude hadn't changed and I was worse off because, I mean, this is a word we normally accuse men of being. I was toxic mm-hmm. <laughs> because I knew how to get to them. And to one listening, just for context, that's why Allison's very sacred about the language because she doesn't want, want, to be want used people for evil. to learn to use it <laughs> yeah. to sort of start manipulating men and get them to do yeah. what you want. It needs to be from a loving place where, you know, you're doing it. Yeah, I, to I'm loved. doing it to communion. I'm saying yeah. baño in Spanish because we're in Mexico. <laughs> like, period. Yeah. yeah. But whether it's the Understanding Men online course, which is just like straight to the point, or it's the Queen's Code, and the audiobook is so much more impactful than the written book, the Queen's Code, which is giving it to you in a story so you're not in a hot seat, which I think people mm-hmm. learn better when they're not in a hot seat. And you can yeah, just, it's not a self-help book. It's told it's, as like a narrative story, like it, a fictional story. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, but it's even more than that. I didn't write that book. Mm. I did all the research to write the book. And then when I realized I knew enough to write it, like I knew all the ways women are triggered to disempower men, all the ways women disempower men, all the ways women justify disempowering men and all the ways men react to being disempowered. When I done enough of that with, thousands of women, you know, that's what those workshops were for me. They were researched to write the book. When I sat down to write it, literally a screen opened up. It's right here. It's, it's always, I can check into it at any time. Um, the sequel to the queen's code, I get played scenes from it. But when I sat down to write it, a movie started running and I typed as fast as I can. It, it takes most people like a year and a half to write a hundred thousand word book. I typed the Queen's Code in three weeks, 96,000 wow. words. That's it was wild. a movie. So it's not told like a story. <laughs> it is a it's story. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah. It is a story. And those eight characters, I check in with them. I'm like, okay, so what's happening now? And they're giving, they give me like clips, like little, little trailers of the, mm-hmm. the next part of the movie. They show me some of them. That's going to happen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. You're channeling. So, okay. If we, so reference all of uh, Allison's resources for the hero's language, but can you tell us what frog farming is? Cause as a single yes. woman, um, frog farming is a term I think most single people should be aware of and know what that is. Yeah. Originally the queen's code was called the transformation of a frog farmer, but nobody knew what a frog farmer was. Right. Um, and but that's what happened to me. This The first chapter in the Queen's Code, what Kimberly reports on going to a seminar with her best friend. I was with a coworker and she said this nasty thing to the man leading the program. And he, he called her a frog farmer, which is a woman that instead of turning frogs into princes, turns princes into frogs. And... It literally means that we bring out the worst in men. And when she was called that and he said that to her, I saw my life 
And I, I knew, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm a frog farmer. I'm a very successful frog farmer, but I, I didn't know I was bringing out in the, the worst in men. I thought the worst in men is who men are. Mm-hmm. Like and, you were just waiting for the, the veil to fall and like all the, the courting to go away just for oh, them to reveal them true selves. But yeah. Really, not even they, waiting, oh, yeah. provoking yeah. it. Provoking. I, I had felt so conned. Which, yeah, conning can happen, but but there's also until attack them, they're putting their best foot forward, mm-hmm. and they can impress us if they can make us happy, if they can be appreciated by us and supported by us. They keep putting their best foot forward. I mean, when I think of what my boyfriend provides for me now compared to two and a half years ago, it's stunning how much more there is. But it was always the reverse. They always like, however they were in the beginning, it went downhill from there. I -hmm. didn't know what I had to do with it. I thought that's who men were. Mm -hmm. I don't teach the hero language in interviews because women will be worse off. And the book is a process. The book is a process of transforming it so that you can use the words sincerely. You can use them because you see the heroes. You see how much they want to do the things they're asking for. And that's critical to it working long-term. Men recognize manipulation and they'll put up with it for as long as they're getting what they want out of it Mm. (laughs) because they can, they can play manipulation. So that's why women end up in worse shape, just knowing those words. Can you give us a timeline of your relationships and like your learning and your keys um, <laughs> along with it? So like we can kind of like, because we know that I think you were married when you realized that you thought that men didn't have souls. No, actually, <laughs> um, I had married Mr. Tall, Dark and Handsome okay. um, without paying as young as 23 um, wasn't paying attention to any of the things I teach men and women to pay attention to now. Um, stayed until I got the genetic material I was really after. <laughs> Your kids. That's my son being born in 88. Okay. Um, and then I was single and I was, um, I got engaged the same week that I found out I was a frog farmer. And, um, what were you doing that was, cause I would love to give our listeners examples while you're on this mm-hmm. timeline that we'd love yeah. you to continue on like what it means to be a frog farmer in real, real life example. Well, okay. So, um, oh my gosh. Maybe you could tell us what so, you, like, how you, inter- like you if were. you, well, examples I've already given just cause that'll make it quicker. A man single focused. We think if he's watching television, he's focused on something obviously stupid, obviously not important, obviously not worth doing. So we interrupt. We we interrupt and we're disrespectful in our interruption. And then they're and then they react to that. <laughs> like we just like we'll criticize them. Hey, bump on a log, could you get your ass off the couch and empty the trash? <laughs> So you'd say stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or sneakily like this criticism. That's like a hat pin. 
you know, to slide it in, like having said something really demeaning, but in a sweet, nice voice. Okay. So we got to talk about uh, saving money and getting rid of really annoying emails because I can't think of two things that make me happier. I, when I discovered rocket money, I was like, wow, there is actually a company that will cancel a subscription for you. Do you know how time consuming it is? I am literally that customer that will enter a free trial just to like get something, you know, like for a day. Yeah. And then I'm like, I got to remember to cancel. I got to oh remember to cancel. Oh my gosh. And, and then I, I did that always for something. I just realized cancel. I was supposed to cancel something on on Wednesday. I like <laughs> even put it in my calendar. Rocket Money will pick it up when they do bill me. Yeah. Oh, darn. That's incredible. But yeah. Anyways, Rocket Money, if you guys want to know what it is, if you haven't already heard about this mad magical um company it's rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and it also monitors your spending and helps you lower your bills all in one place so they can negotiate bills for you and they can remind you that hey you're not rich stop doing what you're doing (laughs) i was gonna say hey lauren what's your rocket money tell you about your like spending at the mall spending on online shopping category Oh my they God, say, what are you doing? There. Where are you even going, Lauren? You're not going anywhere. What are you buying? <laughs> That's so funny. So my friends, stop throwing your money away. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash get it. That's rocketmoney.com slash get it. Rocketmoney.com slash get it. So now knowing like the frog farmer mentality, how do you ask them to do the same thing? I mean, I know that that is kind of like the 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 code that we're supposed to read the book for you know and not gonna give it away but like so we gotta well yeah we're not allowed to criticize we've made the point you gotta check your attitude at the door check your attitude the other thing is we gotta stop asking for things that we don't really care about okay so i i men don't like to be tested and i believe in them being really tested like we got a mm. test for the things that really matter to us. Are you going to be able to deliver what really matters to me? But unfortunately, we test on things that don't matter to us, thinking if they'll do the small thing, then they'll do the big thing. But the small thing isn't worth doing to them. They want to do the big things. <laughs> and they can tell we're asking for something that's just a test. We don't actually care. And they know that since we don't actually care, they're not going to get a lot of appreciation for it. They're not going to get a lot of points for it, mm. but we don't know that they're wired that way. So we'll ask for things we don't really care about. And then when it's done, well, you just should have done it. So you didn't, you don't deserve appreciation anyway. So we, we don't understand the way the spiral goes up. Right. <laughs> when we understand how it works, it, it really can go up infinitely, but We have to start with getting clear about what matters. Don't ask a man for something that doesn't matter to you. They can tell it's not worth doing. And you may think they didn't do it because they were lazy. No, they didn't do it because they're not willing to do things that don't really matter. Mm, Okay. (laughs) So what's an example of frog farming for like a single person that's dating? Like how would, like what's something that, maybe we can become more aware of that would be like a frog farming. Okay. Well, it starts with um, like, depending on how you meet somebody, it starts with what a man would call an interrogation. So um, 
One of the things men don't know about women is that we like to be asked questions because it shows interest in us. And if you're interested in me, then I, that's a good kind of attention. And now I have a chance to connect with you and then I'm, you're going to like me and then I'm going to be safe. It's all instinct, but they don't know that. This is so major for me. (laughs) (laughs) So they don't know we like to be asked questions and they're built the opposite. They don't like to be asked questions. I so ask don't them, ask questions. I exactly. <laughs> yeah. They, they have a yeah, code they really of don't, privacy. Really. If she wants, if she wants me to know, she'll tell me. That's what they think. She, if she so wants annoying. me to know, she'll tell me. Yeah. Well, so they're practicing privacy, which is their value. We're practicing reveal, 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 connect, know, be interested in me, and we don't know the disconnect. Mm. And ask a group of men once, how many questions does it take to make an interrogation? Oh, shit. One. Oh, so I've been interrogating men. But how else are you supposed to get to but know how, Yeah, how else are we supposed to connect? And Allison, how can I invite, how can I, because I was on a date last night <laughs> and this happened. How can I invite men to ask me questions so that I can feel that connection and feel so like they're this- into me? Yeah. Well, they don't want to be disrespectful and they don't want to ask their own question and they haven't found a right question yet. So we have to teach them. So like very early on, very early on, because I almost called it off. I, I told Dan, I need you to listen to me differently than you're listening to me. And I need you to ask questions. I'm writing this down. And I, I literally texted him for, thank you for, I know the code of privacy, but any question I ask you, because he loved how interested I was in him, because he's mm-hmm. much older and he's a king and he's impregnable, right? So curiosity is at the right time. If we're playing getting to know you, he can play get to know you. So I was asking him all kinds of questions and then he wouldn't, he'd answer, but not ask back because mm-hmm. he's still at the heart a man. So I said, any question I ask you, is a safe question to ask me. Mm -hmm. And these are my favorite questions. And so he, he knows my favorite questions. (laughs) And every day, every day we get together, he generated this, so I get enough attention and he'll say, um, is there anything you want me to know about you? And that's my favorite questions. (laughs) That's my favorite question now too. Anything you want me to know about me and and about you, and then and then another question that you know my husband. So I met my husband three weeks after I made the commitment to stop emasculating men. Your second, your first husband, my second husband, my oh, okay, okay, husband, my my husband of twenty six years. Oh, okay. Together, almost 28 years. He died four years ago. Oh, I'm and so sorry. sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh-uh. A whole other part of my journey. And he's still providing for me. Literally, literally he's still providing Aww, for me. That's beautiful. <laughs> and, and then becoming single again, at first I was like, I don't want to have another relationship. I know yeah. how much work they are. <laughs> I know how much <laughs> attention you have. You have to be wide awake and Greg and I had so many things settled over all those decades. And, but then I realized after a while, no, I want a man. First I thought, okay, I want a lover. 
<laughs> Great <laughs> option no, to start but with. But not in my own community. Long distance. 24 hours, <laughs> once a month, bring snacks. <laughs> Perfect arrangement. It's like a subscription. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. But then I realized I I real actually really wanted and needed support, companionship, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Yes, so we all need that. We all we need all it. We all need that. Yeah. So I had to so I was out there and I found out that I was shocking to men because it took them a while to figure out that I say what I mean and I mean what I say. They're not used to that. They're not used to women saying what they mean. They're used to women dancing all the way around it. And they're used to women saying things and then their actions aren't congruent, mm-hmm. which is why men don't do a lot of things. Cause like, for example, a woman will say, I'm tired. And he'll be like, okay, how about I take the kids and you rest? And they take the kids and come home and we've cleaned the whole house. But you said you were tired. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so to them, it's incongruent. Okay. So when she says she's tired, she doesn't mean it. So then they stop responding to I'm tired. Yeah. Like I'm not going to take the kids out. If you're not actually tired, why would I waste my energy? If you have it's, it, apparently. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted to give you rest and you didn't take the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I yeah. did wasn't appreciate it. Uh. Because how men show appreciation is a big difference between men and women. Mm-hmm. I call it take and use. How you know I appreciated the sandwich was that he ate it. Not because he reported back on, oh, I liked the extra mustard. That's so, so funny. Rude. My husband, I make him dinner and then I'll give him a few bites and I'll be like, is it you good? Like it? And he's like, yeah. oh, it's really good. Thank you so much. But he wouldn't have offered it up if I didn't ask. He's just eating it. And that's he's how you know. just eating it. Yeah. And whereas women. So funny. Like, and this is something we teach in our Understanding Women online course is women pay attention to precise reciprocity. Mm. So are you treating me the way I'm treating you? Exactly. And so I just, so I, just talked for, I just talked for 42 minutes. Now it's your turn for 40 minutes. Right? <laughs> right? And we'll even apologize. Oh my gosh, the time is almost up and you didn't get to talk at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? We'll notice we didn't do this. Okay, Lauren, why did you go you like that? Because I'm thinking like even like like with Naz, like if we're catching up, she'll like tell me like all her entire life. It's like, so what's up with you? I'm like, oh, nothing. And then she no, feels no, bad yeah, because I like, get to divulge in my life, you know? That's such I a woman's listening. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, no, your so life is exciting. I want to hear that. Yeah. If I make you dinner, you got to make me dinner. Don't mm-hmm. taking me out to dinner doesn't count as making me dinner. And it's just part of how we're made. It's not a bad thing. We can laugh about it. Um, but it's, the more we can get how different we are and be more curious. So this is why we teach what if no one's misbehaving, including you? What if there's a good reason for what they do? Could so if a man doesn't take the trash out, instead of saying to yourself, oh, he must not love me. I've asked Greg to take the trash out a million times. Say to yourself, what if there's a good reason mm-hmm. that he hasn't taken the trash out? Mm-hmm. And become curious instead of accusatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a man, I mean, off the charts, genius, right? Invented something that revolutionized the financial markets. 
He was shocked. Is when he single? I told him. <laughs> he was shocked when I told him. I met him in our couples course with his wife. He was shocked when I told him that putting his foot in and stomping down the trash didn't count. He was stunned. <laughs> Wait, what do you did what it, do you mean that by didn't that? Didn't count for like taking it the didn't oh, count. Okay. Like his wife wanted the trash oh, taken the trash out, out, and he would look and he'd stomp it down so there's more room. I think and I'm he, a man because that should make sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> but I mean, we have a whole part on getting the trash taken out in the green yeah. road, and it. But it it's a metaphor and applies to everything, and yeah. it's like we we make up all this stuff. Like if you, there's almost anything that you can ask a man for, if it matters to you, he'll be yes. And then, and then, and then he won't do it. And you'll go, what happened? He'll say, I forgot. Well, if you cared about me, you wouldn't forget. So do you believe in the mentality of, of if he could, he would, or if he wanted to, he would, because I feel like that's something we tell people in dating. Like if he wanted to, Mm -hmm. he would. If he wants to see you, he'll if he, see yeah. you. Yeah, if he yeah. was interested in you, yeah. Or is they, that they like, are there, is there more the nuances to that? There's so many more nuances. Okay. That's in, interesting. Including, including, so you'd ask, how do you ask a man for what you need? First, you got to be clear about it. Then you got to be committed to it. Then you got to get to the chase of what it is you need. And then you got to describe what that mean need being met looks like Mm -hmm. so when i explain to greg that taking out the trash looks like tying off the bag pulling it out of the bin making sure nothing's leaking (laughs) taking taking it outside to put it in the big trash come back in open a trash bag open a new trash bag tie it off so it doesn't fall in when i put stuff in get it tied around the edges and close the cabinet when I explained that to him, his eyes were rolling and he said, that's five things. <laughs> and I said, I, yeah. and I call it taking out the trash. And he's, cause he would take out the trash and be done. And then I I'd have a handful of stuff from cooking and I go to put it in the trash and there's no bag in there and I can't, I can't put it in. I have a very self-sufficient husband that doesn't need instructions. <laughs> it's really nice to know. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, are men dumb now? Are, are we back on are, the men are dumb? They are dumb. <laughs> they are dumb. They want to do what matters. Yeah. And they assume what matters to them matters to us. So if you're upset, I'm going to leave you alone. Yeah. No, do not. Unless she right. asks me left alone, do not leave an upset woman alone. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. So, we project onto the other person what we need. And, Fascinating. And then, but you, but he, I'm going to finish this because you guys asked. You got to ask the question after they say, yes, I'll do that. You got to ask the question. So is there anything you need from me to mm. do what I've asked you to do for me? And mm. the number one answer is either tell me when you want it taken out. Tell me when you want it done. Or remind me. And we think he's a grown ass man. He shouldn't need reminding. And if he really cared about me and respected my time, I wouldn't have to remind him. Mm -hmm. Well, great. Then keep doing it for yourself. I 
I mean, Dan and I, we just remind each other. I asked him to check the voltage on the electric fence. He said, sure. So what was the first thing I did? I texted him voltage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then he, do, and he does it. He checks his phone. Anything that's in the phone, it, it becomes a list. And I don't put them all together. I set a separate text for each thing. And does he text you things separate like, text. I want you to do this for me? He, he, no, he'll, no. he'll ask me for things And if I need him to remind me, I'll ask him to remind me. Or I go to the grocery store. I usually do this shopping for both of us. We don't live together. Um, And and I'll say, you know, I'm going to natural grocers. Text me if you want anything. And then he texts me. And then I get it. (laughs) That's simple. Yeah, it's just we don't expect the other person to be infallible. Mm -hmm. Or the perfect woman. The perfect woman, the perfect man, the perfect human, the perfect anything. Mm. We don't expect it of each other. There are a few products that I am obsessed with uh, on my beauty counter, vanity, whatever you want to call it, than Lumi deodorant because there is no aluminum in it. And I've talked about how I love the smell of coconut so much. They have a toasted coconut smell. And I literally, I'm not kidding you guys, I get excited to put deodorant on Mm. to smell like toasted coconut so I don't spray like perfume. I'm actually kind of like weirded out by fragrances now, especially after our podcast with Dr. Jolene Brighton. If you guys haven't listened to that, definitely listen to it. Um, But what's incredible about this is that Lumi was created by a gyno who actually discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for having odor under the belt. So she developed Lumi. It's this pH balanced deodorant, aluminum free, skin safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. Um, I was asked the other day, because my armpits are in people's faces all day. Like, literally, my armpits are in your nose all day long. Oh, I never thought about that. It's very important to not smell bad, because people will not come back if you smell bad, obviously. That's so true, Um, Lauren. Wow. And someone was like, what perfume are you wearing? And I was like, I'm pretty sure it's my Lumi deodorant. So thank you, because I'm not wearing perfume. Um, So yeah, it blocks odors all day and up to 72 hours, which is shocking. Also, I just um, want to quickly share the other scents that they have, Lauren, um, especially Uh if you're other hairstylists, aside from the coconut, they have this lavender sage, they have clean tangerine, fresh alpine, which who doesn't want to smell like Mm a high lake among the mountains? And they actually just launched new scents, uh, mint cucumber and soft powder. Sign me up. Uh, Lumi starter pack is perfect for new customers and it comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream, tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini wash or deodorant wipes and free shipping. So as a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with the code get it 30 at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use the code get it 30. My, my husband was an idealist and if he could not do something perfectly, he didn't want to do it at all. And Dan is, Dan's like, good try. He he was a very different mentalities. Yeah. He coached (laughs) coached sports for, geez, 35 years. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, good try. Good job. Good girl. And, and, you know, most grandma wouldn't want to be called a good girl. I love it when he calls me good. (laughs) I love that. 
I'm sure some people listening, and I have found that when I am around some people I know, they don't feel the same way that I now do towards men, you know, especially after reading the Queen's Code. And maybe some people listening to this podcast are thinking to themselves, that's so annoying. Why do I have to do the work to like train a man how to treat me? Like I shouldn't have to do that. And so the question I wrote down was, what do we do when we have people in our lives who maybe have a very negative energy towards men? Mm. Well, I try to have compassion for all the frustration and disappointment and hurt and wounds that they've experienced by either what men do or how they interpreted what men do. Most of the hurt comes from how we interpret it. Like my, you know, my dad ignored me my entire childhood. That's what we think. That's how we interpreted it. Instead of my dad worked his ass off to provide for me my entire childhood, but I didn't get much time with my dad and he didn't know how much I wanted it. Right. So, so I try to have compassion for what added up for up to that. Um, but when someone is gone to the edge of they would rather they'd rather be righteous and and write and complain about men than find out everything we know and most of what we perceived is wrong. They're not willing to be wrong. They're not willing to take the risk. They don't have the courage to get curious and even wonder. What don't I, what don't I know? And what have I filtered out? Cause it's not what I expected. And what if men do have a good reason? And when I started, what if men have a good reason for that? And I started asking, I mean, I've been moved to tears so many times and the gap between why I thought they did something and why they really did it. Yeah. Stunning. The problem oh. is men are t- trying to tell us why they really do things, but we listen to it as a poor excuse for bad behavior. True. We don't look deeper. So, so I do that and I don't have people like that around me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, if they come into my world, they're doing the online curriculum. They come to the, mm-hmm. I do seven and a half hours of live interaction with people in our, a month in our mm-hmm. online curriculum. People call from all over the world, to ask questions And if they're not interested in shifting their point of view, if they're not interested in what their part is, they're just not, I'm not for them. Mm -hmm. When I talk to men, I talk to men about their part. When I talk to women, I talk about their part. When I talk to them together, your part, his part, like, okay, let's get jiggy here. Who's (laughs) going to do which part? Um, (laughs) But there's understanding, there's curiosity there. And then there's practicing doing something that's the opposite of what our instincts tell us to do. Mm-hmm. And that takes being wide awake and, and being curious. Yeah. And curious comes from the Greek word that means to care. Oh, I love that. Care and curious. So how you have a man ask you questions is mm-hmm. you tell him the questions you would be honored to answer. And that will, he'll always win if he asks you a question like that. Mm-hmm. How you ask, have a man ask a question is you, is you, you, like, say you got together on a dating app 
And okay, and you like each other. Okay, next step is to talk on the phone. And during that conversation, I would be delighted. Um, it would give me something I need. I would feel honored if you would say more about. And you pull things. If you said anything about any of these things, something that you heard from the friend that hooked you up or pull out it, you know, read in their profile, I'd be honored if you'd say more about that. I'm really, I'm really interested in that. And now he knows it's not going to be an interrogation. Yeah. You're inviting him Mm. to share more of himself and I would love it and it'd be totally safe and not a violation. And in fact, it would have the date be so much better if you would ask me these questions and or any of these questions. But you have to have it be, I think of it as a playground. You let them into the playground and they go where they want to go instead of go to the slide now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah, now we're right. monkey bars and now we're going to swing. <laughs> no yeah. choice. My way. And yeah. I learned it from our panels. We wrote questions down on cards, gave them to them ahead of time. They sorted for the ones they were interested in answering. Then they got up in front of the whole room and they picked when they wanted to talk about each one. And they keep sorting their cards to see which one do I want to talk about next? And we never dragged them into anything. And what they divulged because they got to stay in control of their privacy, which this is all about being a warrior and don't oh, study anything that'll be used against you because mm-hmm. they got to control their privacy. They would say more. And if you, and if you don't use what they share with you against them, you don't turn it back at them. Oh, you obviously you're just like your father, you know, cause they told you this wound Ooh, about their yeah. dad. Yeah. Yeah. You use it against them. You're never going to get it again. Yeah. And I learned so much about men because they knew I couldn't use it against them. Most of them, I didn't even know their name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they'd say things like, wow, I've told you things. I, I mean, my wife doesn't know this about me, Wow, but their wife knows where they live. And I didn't. <laughs> right. So in a relationship, we have to make sure that the confidences we don't use against them, which includes we don't reveal them to other people. And they don't know that women have this thing. If I'm told a secret and, and you're important and you told me a secret, if I tell somebody else a secret, you told me they'll know how important I am. (laughs) They don't know how we trade in that stuff for a kind of status that's quite primitive. Mm. But then you don't, you don't get the juicy stuff. And I was something I said to Dan yesterday. I said, do you know I can't tell anybody that? And he's like, yep, that's just what you for me. And I'm like, ah, oh, it was so great to get to tell somebody that. <laughs> it's just between us. Well, that's beautiful. I wanted, I had a last question for you, but now I think it's more important <laughs> for me to ask you. Because one thing you wrote in, you've interviewed and surveyed so many men throughout your work. Mm-hmm. And one thing you wrote in the book was that's helped me because when I walk in dates, sometimes I would always walk in really insecure or like, you know, are you good enough? Like the scent you'd walk in with like a sense of unworthiness. And I remember reading in the Queen's Code that men find women fascinating and that they think we're fascinating creatures. So my last question to you, Alison Armstrong, on this podcast is <laughs> after interviewing men for all these years, how do men view women actually? Um, 
magical, mystical, um, precious, more definitely more important than they are in terms of say women and children first. Mm-hmm. Um, m- most of them, uh, they love how different women think. They find it refreshing. Um, but we're also confusing to them and unpredictable and incongruent and say one thing and do another. So we're mystifying to them, but they need us. So, and they're not trying to prove they don't need us. There's a small group now that's working on that. The ricochet of, of the anti men is there are men now trying to not need women, um, which is sad because they need all that we are. They need our nurturing. They need our, they need our values, our vision. They need our belief in them. They need, they need our love. They need our support. Um, they need sex. They need affection. They need to be touched. They're hardly ever touched. Um, a handshake might, they might go for months with nothing more than a handshake or a, a tent hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a tent hug. What's a tent hug? It's where the, like, your boobs and their chest don't touch. <laughs> yeah. A tent hug. This isn't sexual. <laughs> yeah. Not a real hug. Um, yeah. So they, they're really vulnerable to us and our, our belief in them, our praise, our appreciation means so much. Yeah. And when we pay attention to what matters to them, what's important to them and honor it, they're, they can do anything. Um, It means so much to them. And, and we just have a ginormous Perception problem, interpretation problem, and communication problem. Ginormous. And um, Lux, we talk about that, how much it starts with we think we have relationships based on expectations. What we think we should do, what we think the other person should do, and we don't talk about them. And Mm -hmm. we don't express what it would look like. Like... I mean, the, just one word, the difference in interpretation can be worlds apart. And, and then, and something that I am always advocating is transform expectations into either agreements or things you let go because you don't really need them. Mm-hmm. And something you brought up Naz, the answers to the things that you want to know about dating are in this program that I produced a couple months ago. It's called dating with distinctions. And it's, it starts with, are you dating in the dark? <laughs> and all the things we're in the dark about and cause things to go haywire, starting with too much chemistry. And then, mm. and then four sessions on, okay, if you're going to come out of the dark, if you're going to shine the light on, what are the most important things to shine the light on? And the first one's called the, the myth of, of progression, how women think dating should go. Mm-hmm. No. It, it it's a myth and there's actually more than one and men have them too. So, and then how do you, no, I'm interested in that. how do you do all these things mm-hmm. and how do you get out of the message zone? Dating apps 
it sucks. Get out of the messing zone immediately. Men don't know how profoundly women are affected by the written word. They have no idea how it can hook us in and be unwilling to stay in the text world. A man can text 40 women in one day, having no idea he's creating stalkers. (laughs) Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing to your hormones, your bonding hormones. So he doesn't know. He doesn't mean to do it, but don't let it happen. I like you. I You like me. Great. Next thing to do is have a conversation on the phone. No, let's just keep texting. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. That'll teach you all about the things to look for, the red, you know, the alarms going off, stop, the end, do not pass go, what to look for that, oh, let's give this guy another chance. It'll explain all of that. And it, it's $95 for like seven hours worth of gold. That's awesome. That's incredible. That is some clarity. Yeah. And it's at alisonarmstrong.com. Yep. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad we finally pulled it off. I know. We've been trying to schedule this for months. And (laughs) it's just that we are so honored um, to have you take the time to like be on our podcast and for everything you do. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. Highly recommend everything. I appreciate you. Strong.com. Bye. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.